God is doing a new thing, right? Anybody agree with me? God is doing a new thing. He never does things the way we think he should, though. Isn't that the fact? How many of you thought going into 2020, it's like, yeah, it's a year of vision, new things, and then the coronavirus, right? God is doing something so new, and don't stop the process. Let me just encourage you again. Let him do whatever he's doing in you. I always like to say, don't get off the operating table. If, you're, if, if he's performing surgery on you, just let him finish. Whatever it is that he's stirring up in you, whatever it is that he's bringing to the surface, let the Lord finish it. Amen? We're, fin- we're going to complete, speaking of finishing things, we're, uh, we're going to complete part two of the message, tongues, speaking of spiritual language. There is nothing else in the body of Christ, I think, that is more controversial. Maybe if there's something else, maybe it's, like I said, maybe women in ministry. I don't know. But this is definitely an issue. The gift of tongues. And it's something that has been argued and wrangled about, and people have left churches over it. And it's, and it's something that I just think we could just start over, go right to the word, I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to just briefly touch on the first five points. This is 10 things that I know about tongues, 10 things I know about spiritual language. I like to say spiritual language because I think tongues, um, even though that is the tip, that is the term that the Bible uses in our modern day translations. I think it has such a negative connotation that I'm, that I really actually prefer the term spiritual language, which is really what what we are speaking when we do speak in tongues. So this is 10 things. The first one is that this is a controversial gift, right? Anybody? Anybody agree? Anybody ever have an argument about this? (laughs) Anybody ever lose an argument about this? (laughs) It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift. Now we're talking about spiritual gifts. Our series is gifted on purpose. We are each gifted for the purpose Whatever God created you to do and to be, you have spiritual gifts that will accelerate that and will help propel you into who he called you to be. Um, And it says here, a spiritual gift is given to some of us who are special. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? A spiritual gift is given to, say it with me, each of us so that we can do what? look better in front of everybody else? No, help each other. Keep this in mind. As we talk about this today, keep this in mind. It is to help each other. Verse 10 says, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So this morning, I really want to talk about the two different manifestations of the gift of, or of, of spiritual language, of speaking in tongues. The first one is the gift of tongues, which is used for the edification of the church, the edification of the body of Christ. And then there is spiritual language, heavenly language or prayer language, which is for the edification of the individual. Um, this, the second point is that if you don't speak in tongues, you are not going to hell, necessarily. (laughs) I don't want to qualify, 
but this is not a disqualifier from, from going to heaven. I had a lot of people tell me this before I received the gift of tongues. I had a lot of people tell me that if you did not speak in tongues, you would go to hell. So that is not true. But Jesus says in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he says, these miraculous signs, these are miraculous signs, will accompany those who believe. The work of God is this, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. That is the works that Jesus is talking about. It says, but this is a miraculous sign will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. This doesn't mean you're going to go do, uh, what is it, Rosetta Stone and suddenly learn languages. You're not going to be given this this specific gift, but you are going to speak in languages that you have not learned, languages that you haven't studied. This is a gift of the Spirit that is distributed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Point number three, there are not the haves and the have-nots, those who speak in tongues and those who don't speak in tongues. This is not how this works. Okay, this is a gift from God, and we're going to get into this a little bit deeper. But it says, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29, it says, Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? And here's what it says. Of course not. It's saying, of course not. Not everyone has all of these gifts, but it does say we're supposed to eagerly desire all of the gifts and especially prophecy. Number four, point number four is that if you are a person who has the spiritual language and you use it, but you don't have love, you are not in the will of God. No matter how spiritual that language is, the will of God is that love would motivate everything. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues, tongues of men and of angels, the heavenly language, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and everyone present began speaking in, in other languages as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gave them this ability. I personally believe not everyone has the gift of tongues, the, the gift which is to be interpreted within the context of fellowship of believers. I believe that's a specific gift that has to be interpreted but I do believe that the spiritual language is available to every believer, to everyone who longs for it and who seeks it. And I'm going to cover this a little bit later. It is a gift. Point number five, it is a gift. Ask for it. And I know some of you are really frustrated because you feel like you've asked and asked and asked, and you feel like God has withheld from you. We're going to talk about that a little bit later too, because I know that that's a real thing. But 1 Corinthians 14 One, here it is. Let love be your highest goal. Can we all say that together? Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire special abilities that the Spirit gives, okay? Everything should be done in love, but we should always desire the gifts the Spirit gives, especially the ability 
to prophesy, which means to speak forth or to speak truth. Sometimes it means to predict the future, but it mostly means to speak what is true, what is true of God. Um, It says, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, it says you will only be talking to God. This is talking about the heavenly language, the prayer language. This is not talking about the gift that is to be to, to operate within the context of a, of a gathering of people. This is talking about a spiritual language. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. This is saying you're not going to be speaking this out. You are speaking this between you and God. And now I'm going to get into part two of my message. That was, that was the beginning. So if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that again. But today, I want to say, Some people will say um, that all of the spiritual gifts that they don't agree with passed away with the first century church, including the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy and the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. There's There's a certain group that is called the cessationists, and they believe that all of the gifts ceased with the first century. I don't believe that you can make a a case for that when you consider what the Bible has to say about the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, because it says that when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. But it says that knowledge will cease. And it's like, I don't think knowledge has ceased. Do you? Anybody here? I mean, in some of us, it may have, (laughs) or it appears to have. But some people will even go so far as to say, that speaking in tongues is demonic. Now think about this. If it's saying that you should desire these gifts, and Paul is encouraging us to speak, Paul the apostle who wrote the New Testament, if he is encouraging us to speak in a language that's just between us and God, do you really think that the Lord would make something demonic available? I mean, you think about how illogical this is. I had a friend um, back right after I first became a Christian, and I was very curious about having everything that the Holy Spirit had to offer. And I really was hungry, and I was yearning for everything. And I, I'd, as I mentioned last time, I had this experience with these people continually coming to me, telling me that if I, I didn't speak in tongues, so I was going to hell. And this was very confusing for me. And then on the other side, I had a really dear friend of mine, and she was telling me that speaking in tongues was demonic. And we were going to go to this concert, and and, um, it was this group that was very uh, charismatic, and they, I knew there were going to be people there that were going to be speaking in tongues. And I was excited about this because I had never experienced this in my life. And she warned me before we went. She said, be really careful because some people there are going to be speaking in tongues as though that were a bad thing. Now, I wasn't very familiar with the Bible. I didn't realize that the Bible had had these chapters devoted to the gift of tongues. But I remember thinking, oh, really? There's going to be people speaking in tongues. I can't wait to see this, to hear this, to experience this. I was so curious. And it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. 
but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Now, if you have a spiritual language, if you have this language, which is a gift from God, this is your own personal, private, spiritual language. And I, I have to say, I pray in tongues a lot. I don't know how many of you didn't know that. Because it's a personal thing. It's between me and Jesus. And it's those times where I don't have words. I don't know what to pray about something. I may be agonizing over something in my soul. And I just pray. I pray in tongues. But it's personal. It's between me and my maker. And it says that it's for strengthening us. It's for edifying us and building us up. It's not for show. It's not to, you know, to prove your spirituality or prove that you're better than someone else. It's to edify yourself. It's to draw near to God. And now this isn't to say if you haven't prayed this way and you haven't spoken in tongues that you're somehow second class. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that, that this is something that, that draws you closer to the Lord and it opens up a whole realm of possibility. And here, this is, again, now, Paul the Apostle, he is the guy, he was like this religious leader. He was kind of perfect as far as being a religious guy. And he ended up getting like blasted by the Holy Spirit. And he's the guy who's talking about this. Now, he's, he knows all the right religious things, but he is sold out to Jesus. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. This is what he's saying. He says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Now listen to this. If you want to believe that this is something that just passed away and was only for the first century church, check this out. I wish you could all speak in tongues. This is the Apostle Paul. I wish you could all speak in tongues. Now check this out. But even more, I wish you could all prophesy. Prophesy. Because later on, he goes on to say, hey, what benefit is it if I speak a million words, this is a paraphrase, if I speak a million words in tongues, who is that going to benefit other than me? But if I prophesy, it's going to build other people up, okay? Jude 20 says, you dear friends may build each other up in your most holy, must build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, Praying in the power of the spiritual language. Not that you can't pray in power without praying in tongues. I'm not saying that. Number seven, I want to say this is something that has bothered me for a long time. So often, you know, you'll go to like camp, youth camp, or some other kind of camp, and there'll be these people, they'll have a line, and then they'll have a bunch of people standing up there, and they'll try to force you to speak in tongues as if you could force someone to speak in tongues. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like this has done more damage in the body of Christ because it's made people go, you know what? If it's that weird, I don't want any part of it. So let's, if you've had that experience, if you've ever felt like someone was trying to make you speak in tongues, like they were standing in front of you, just like yelling in your face or whatever, please, on behalf of all of Christianity, please forgive us because <laughs> that is wrong. And I don't believe that is how you get 
you, I don't believe that's how you get this gift. A lot of people that I have met, they receive this gift and then it kind of goes dark for several years. A lot of people will receive the gift and they won't use it because it's weird. I mean, sorry, Lord. It's just weird. It's like a weird thing. It's like you're talking in this language and you don't understand what you're saying. What? Why? You know, it's a weird thing. But don't you find that most things of faith don't really make sense? When God calls us to do stuff that's weird, he calls us to do, hey, I want you to pack up everything and give up this huge job, and I want you to move to Utah and start a church. Like, what? You know, God doesn't always make sense. Actually, there was a book called When God Doesn't Make Sense. Because so often, we don't understand the ways of the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, the man without the Spirit of God doesn't understand the ways of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. And he doesn't understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That is what we're talking about with with spiritual language. It is spiritually discerned. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make sense to those of us who do it sometimes. Other than the Bible clearly makes a case for it, but this is not to force it. It is not to make anyone feel less than because they haven't. And I feel so badly for people who have felt that they have somehow failed because they haven't spoken in tongues. That is wrong. And that is going back, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your motivation. And so it says here, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, anyone who speaks in tongues should pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, excuse me, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Yes, amen? When I pray in tongues, I don't understand what I'm saying. It says, well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in words I understand. So you see, there's this distinction. There's praying in tongues that you don't understand. It's between you and God. It's edifying for you. And then it says, I will pray with understanding. I will pray things that I know. You know, I've been talking to you guys about praying numbers that, that, that song, um, The Blessing, number six, where it says, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift upon, look upon you with favor and give you peace. Praying this, that's praying with your understanding. That's praying with your mind. And so he's saying, he's making a distinction here. He says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit. And I will also sing in words I understand. So you can sing in the spirit, sing in tongues, and and be praising God without really knowing what you're saying and what you're praying about. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll get into this a little bit later. Acts 10.44, it says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to his message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. See, they, they were thinking that only the Jewish people could get the gifts of the Spirit. But they were amazed to see that, wait, even Gentiles can get the gifts of the Spirit. It says, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praying, or praising God. 
Okay, remember I said last time, there are over 6,000 languages in the world today. And so, so when people say, oh, well, this can't be real because it's an unknown language. I don't know anybody that knows how to speak more than seven languages. I know one person who knows how to speak seven languages, which is amazing to me. But there are 6,000 languages. So who is to say, oh, well, you're just speaking in an unknown language. It's just gibberish. But the Bible makes this case to say you're going to speak in this language between you and God. And this is the problem. Oftentimes, this is point number eight. This is talking about the excesses of spiritual language. I went to a convention one time for our uh, denomination. And it was one of those moments that was just quiet. The presence of God was just in the room. There was a stillness. It was this beautiful silence. And then I think there were probably around 5,000 pastors there. And all of a sudden, this guy just starts yelling out in tongues. And it was, you could feel it was just like, ugh, it was out of order. And so the, the leader of, the, of this particular meeting got up there and said, right now, we're, we're going to let the Holy Spirit just minister to us in silence. You know, let's, like, he kind of basically was like, let's not get all crazy. And so, and so we went back to silence. And then all of a sudden, the guy starts yelling out again. And it was totally out of order. How many of you have, have ever been to a meeting where, like, all of a sudden, people are just like yelling out in tongues, and it's really kind of crazy and out of control. I mean, I remember when I was first kind of starting to examine some of this stuff, starting to see some of this. I, I went to this church, whew, and it was it was like, I think it's it's maybe the church that Paul was talking talking about in Corinth or Corinth because it was so out of control, so crazy. I mean, literally, people were like literally running around and I mean, people were falling over and it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was really confusing for me because I was a new believer. And I think there are so many excesses. You know, people use this gift in the wrong way because it says when someone gives a word in tongues, it must be interpreted. So either that person gets the interpretation. It's not a translation. Please understand that. It's not a translation. It is an interpretation. It is, it is a sense of what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Sometimes the person who gives the tongues will have the interpretation. Sometimes it'll be somebody else. But it should always be done, as Paul says, decently and in order. It should be in order. It shouldn't be just a bunch of people just like yelling out and screaming. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 22, it says, you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. The book that I, um, that I referred to before is called The Beauty of Spiritual Language, and it's by Pastor Jack Hayford. And he wrote about several stories, and he, he really gives this really beautiful, uh, just a really, well, he never does anything simplistically. He's very, he's very intelligent, but he gives this, this case for the beauty of spiritual language and the gift of spiritual language. And he tells a story about one day he was on an airplane 
And he was in first class and he sat down next to this man who seemed to be a pretty successful businessman. And, and the man was working and, um, and Pastor Jack sat down next to him and kind of struck up a conversation. And um, eventually they started, they started kind of talking and this man told him that he was a Native American and he kind of explained he was from the Ke- uh, Keowan tribe. And suddenly, Pastor Jack just like heard this impression. He heard like this prompting, speak something in tongues. Pastor Jack was like, what? Like, I'm trying to, you know, witness to this guy. He, it was just weird for him. He was like, okay. And then the guy just kind of kept talking and, and he kept getting this sense of say something in tongues. And so suddenly, Pastor Jack just knew he needed to he needed to obey this prompting. And so he, you know, was kind of like, oh, okay, how am I going to do this? And so he kind of said to the guy, he said, hey, um, I just want to ask you, I, I, there's a phrase that I have in my mind that I just, I wanted to see if, if it was something that you would understand. And so he said something to this guy in tongues, and he said it was not like his normal spiritual language. So it was something different than he had ever spoken before. And he said, and the guy interpreted it as being part of the Keowin uh, tribe. And it was something to the effect of, um, you're talking about a great light that wants to come and bring, you know, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was in this guy's language. Isn't that amazing? And these are the kind of things that sometimes it's a sign for an unbeliever. Sometimes. Sometimes God will give you an utterance in a language that you don't understand, you haven't learned. I heard another story about this woman who, she was a new Christian, and she received the gift of tongues, and she was, um, she was just praying during service, during a, a church service. She was kind of praying, and then at the end of the service, this guy turned around to her and said, I have never heard anyone speak with such fluency in the French language. Like you have, she goes, well, I've never actually learned French. He goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a linguist. I'm a, I'm a French professor and you don't even speak with an accent or anything. Interesting, huh? And this guy ended up coming to Christ. This was a sign for an unbeliever. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14, 22 again. So if you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, for unbelievers. Um, one of the things I think that, that scares people, the reason that they're afraid to speak in tongues is because they feel like, oh, I'm going to just be out of control. I'm going to, no, it's, it's something. Remember where Paul says, I will speak. I will pray in the spirit. I will sing in the spirit. It is a choice that we are able to make. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, you're just going to go out of control and everything's going to be nuts. It's not like that. You open your mouth. You know, I love this story of um, Peter walking. Thank you, Jose, for your beautiful portrayal of Peter walking on the water. It's amazing. I wept. Um, But that story is something that always reminds me of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. 
you know, Peter had to get out of the boat. Peter had to make the choice to get out of the boat. And I think a lot of times people are afraid to ask the Lord, and then they just expect that the Lord's just going to like pour through them something. Instead of, and I just want to encourage you at this, at this point, I just, I know there are so many of you who are just really frustrated by this because you feel like you've asked. And you feel like you've cried out for this. And you're kind of feeling like a loser. You're feeling like God has forgotten you, feeling like this isn't available for you. But I just want to tell you, believe again. Go before the Lord. This is just between you and him, so you're not going to look like an idiot. Okay, because I think a lot of us are afraid we're going to look like idiots if we do this. There's a lot of reasons why people don't want to do this. Do it in the privacy of your own home, in your prayer closet, or in your car. But just ask again. But then, open your mouth. And whatever comes out, trust that the Lord wants you to pray in a language between you and him. This is a good gift. This isn't a a weird, out-of-control, weird thing, and you're not being gullible if you believe what the Bible says about something. I just feel like it's really hard for the cessationists to make a case to say that there's no such thing as speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 14, 18 Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Not like it's a competition, but he's like, I I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. He's saying, this isn't about me. When we get together, this is about you. And he says, I would rather speak five words that that would change your life than 10,000 words in tongues that are just going to build me up. Do you see the distinction between the two kinds of tongues, two kinds of spiritual language? There's the gift of tongues, which I have rarely seen used. I've been a Christian for a long time. There have been times where I've been in public services and someone will give a word in tongues and someone else will bring an interpretation. And and there have been a couple times it's been life-changing for me. But this is not a real common thing. This is not something that happens all the time for whatever reason. I don't know necessarily what that reason is. But I would rather speak five understandable words to help others, to build others up, than 10,000 words in an unknown language. And so he goes on and he says, in verse 39, so my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. You guys, be eager to speak words that build each other up, that, that lift up someone's spirits. You know, judgmentalism is not a spiritual gift. I don't know, for some of you, you might think that it is. We are called to encourage one another daily, every day. And if you can come to someone, even if you feel weird about it, say, hey, you know what? I just have this verse and the Lord really used this in my life. I want to share this verse with you. Go with that. That's prophesying. That is prophesying. You're encouraging someone. You're speaking forth truth. You're speaking truth to someone. Pretty much any time you're using the Bible, it's prophecy. This is prophecy. The Bible is, is a prophetic message for us, but encourage each other with it. 
You know, the Bible is living and active. It'll give you hope. It'll give you encouragement. It'll change your vision. If you're stressed and you're struggling and you're anxious and you're depressed, you can read the Bible. But, but y'all, speak to each other. It says in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, building each other up. Here he says, be eager to prophesy, but listen to this. It says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid it. Let that sink in for a minute. If this is something that's demonic, do you really think Paul the Apostle would be going, yeah, well, it's demonic, but don't forbid it. That doesn't even make logical sense, does it? It says, be sure that everything is done properly and in order. We had a friend years ago. Actually, it's interesting because he was like my brother's best friend when I was in fourth grade, and I had a massive crush on him. And as a matter of fact, one time he gave me a, a Kleenex when we were ice skating, and I saved it and put it in my diary, and then my brother showed him. So that was embarrassing. But years later, <laughs> years later, um, one night, this is just full, full disclosure here. One night I was, I was stoned and he came to my house and he shared Jesus with me. And I was like, okay, good for you. Gotta go. Kind of pushed him out the door. And then I ended up coming to the Lord shortly after that. And he and his wife were living in Norway. And, um, one night, he was telling us that he had asked and asked and asked the Lord for the gift of tongues. He had asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. And so that, you know, that scripture with Peter walking on the water, we really felt, Eric and I, we really felt like we needed to just say what you need to do. We had him, he just, we said, we need you to just start to actually take steps and pray and invite the Lord to pray through you, to speak, speak those words. And he did, and he just started walking like this, and all of a sudden, he just began to speak in tongues. And it changed him. It changed him. I think some of us, this is my last point, we feel inadequate if we haven't received this. Somehow we feel like there's something we've done wrong or like God is withholding from us. But I want to say it again. Just believe again. Just ask him again or ask him for the first time and don't be scared. You know, Jesus says, if, if he said, we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. Would our, would our loving, perfect, heavenly Father give us something that wasn't good for us? It says, if we ask for bread, would he give us a stone? Or if we ask for fish, would he give us a serpent? No. How much more does the Holy Spirit long to give us good gifts? Acts 19.2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism you re- did you experience? See, they had already been baptized. He, they replied, we've received the baptism of John, which is called the baptism of repentance, which means the baptism of turning. 
It says, Paul says, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had already been water baptized. They were baptized, filled to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you all, we need this power right now. During the time where our nation is falling apart, people are falling apart. Don't you want to be able to pray the will of God? Don't you want to be able to have that power to have everything he's given us, especially right now? I just want all of it. And I want you to have all all of God, to have everything. It says, and at that moment, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. Tell me that's demonic. It is not demonic. This is a gift from God. And if you're scared about this or you have questions about it, we would love to be able to talk with you about this. And we would love to be able to pray with you. But I just, I just encourage you, seek the Lord while he may be found. I believe that we're in a season right now where he wants to give us the fullness of his spirit. He wants to pour out his spirit on us in a way none of us have experienced. So if that's you and you want that, can you just stand right now? We're just going to pray and offer ourselves anew to the Lord. Father, we just come before you and we just tell you, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us first. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, that your promises, that you are good and that you give good gifts to those that you love. Lord, I just pray right now for those who have been hurt just by this whole concept of speaking in tongues, Lord, I just ask God that you would fill them afresh with the spiritual language, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord, just between them and you, that they would get out of the boat and walk, that they would open their mouths and speak, and you would give them unknown languages, spiritual languages, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, and for those who have never never ever accepted you, never said yes to you. I pray right now, Lord, Lord, that you would show them, Jesus, that you were the perfect sacrifice and you went to the cross for their sins so that they could be reconciled with their maker. I just ask God that you would pouring out your spirit during this coronavirus, during this, this strange time that we're living. We ask, God, that you would reveal yourself afresh to each and every one of us. Bring us deeper, Lord. Bring us deeper. Show us more of who you are. And we thank you and we praise you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We would love to be able to talk to you more about this. Yeah, let's applaud the Lord. You are good, oh God. You are good, Lord. Amen. Love you all, and we will see you next week. And believe again, and ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.